Consider the following, and some of the results you will hardly believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the third episode of the ICEP Alumni Association podcast. I'm so excited because we're checking in with our, our, our first profile, our first guest, Florian Volz. But we've got an extra special treat. We have a expert guest. Clifa uh, Maria Cristina Guardili, an Italian national, gained more than 45 years professional experience in human resources in the labor market, um, in the social inclusion field in particular, um, most of the time as a, a leader or a consultant. She holds a master graduate degree in social sciences, and uh, she started her career in 73 as an employee, became a manager in 78, holds a GEPI, um, uh, an intermediate body of the Italian Ministry of Labor for the implementation of national HRD operation of the national HRD operational program for ALM priorities in supporting employability of redundant workers and high educated person. Um, she's she's always been dealing with programming, imp implementation, and monitoring of employment policies, uh, especially via the European Social Fund co-financed measures. Um, first at national and then later at the regional level. Um, she's also uh, had assignments uh, as a director in Perugia uh, of NGO MEET, Meet, as vice president of the foundation, uh, Seth Soli, from 85 to 91, as the CEO of the ACSOA, a public company, and that's from 92 to 96, and uh, she was focusing on reform of employment policies and vet programs uh, related to development projects for public and private sector focused on youth entrepreneurship support programs. So she's going to really have some insight for Florian today. Um, later, she, she also worked as director for studies on tourism management, promotion of uh, the University of Perugia, um, tourism and development uh, financed by the ESF and the European Regional Development Fund. Um, and just to give you some personal background so that we can get into things, um, she's fluent in English and German, pretty good in Spanish, speaks a little French, Bulgarian, and Portuguese. And she has four sons and five grandchildren and a sixth on the way soon. So that's a pretty big family. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. The meanwhile, I mean, the grandchild arrived last week. Yeah. And that's, that's not even her complete CV, but... It, she's done a lot of things, and she's definitely an expert on entrepreneurship and uh, youth entrepreneurship in particular, international work, which is exactly the kind of expertise that Florian needs. Um, just to kind of jog your memory, uh, Florian Voltz studied in the United States on an ISEP program. Um, he's lived throughout Europe. He also worked at the uh, embassy in Kenya, right? The German embassy, Florian? Yeah, exactly. I did an internship there. Yep. And now he lives in Hamburg and he's starting up his own business. Um, and last episode, we talked about him, what he was going to be doing in the future. Well, why don't you just share what you were doing for the last month and what, what kind of goals you had and what you've been up to, Florian? Yeah, first of all, uh, it's very awesome to be back. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to um, ask Cluffy some questions later on. Um, about some of the struggles that that we encountered as well in the last couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, if you guys uh, and the people at home listening, like if they remember, then uh, I'll quickly give you a recap. Um, so uh, two friends of mine and I, we moved to Hamburg to um, try to found our own um, startup uh, where we offer sailing experiences around the world uh, by the name of Ghosty Now. And um, I already gave a quick overview of it last time. So, so go listen to that episode if you haven't. Stop, stop, pause the podcast and go listen to that episode. <laughs> That'd be amazing, of course. Yeah. It's also here on, on Anchor. Um, yeah, so the past six weeks, um, I can't believe it's been six weeks already. It went over quicker than expected. Um, there's been a lot of things happening, uh, but not the ones that we wanted to happen. And I think that's a big part in entrepreneurship in general, probably the, the uncertainty. Um, I guess Cluffy uh, can uh, attest to that, that it never goes the way as planned. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so the what the goal was, if I remember correctly, last time we said that um, the goal until now would be to um, go to the bank and get a decision on our um, financial options. Yep. Uh, since we had the business plan almost finished, and mm -hmm. um, I can already take it away that did not happen yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> just to break the tension straight away yeah um the past weeks have been actually quite difficult uh, between my two co-founders and i uh, in terms of uh, communication and we just had some some internal uh, difficulties which paused uh, the rest of the work um uh, Cluffy, i'm not sure if you're aware of that but i um uh, as I said, like it's not just me found or trying to found the business, but it's uh, with two other people as well, uh, which adds this whole issue of of personal relationships to um, to the whole startup process, and uh, that really hit hit us hard in the last couple of weeks because we're also living together, we're also friends, which makes it more complicated. Um, and yeah, essentially it all started in the uh, end of March when uh, one of our co-founders, one of my, uh, my co-founders said that he uh, figured out that he actually doesn't want to do this the way that we planned it and that he has a different passion that he wants to pursue first, uh, his videography business, um, which left us, uh, like it kind of threw us back to the original question of, how are we going to do this now? Um, since it's just two people left, essentially. And we don't have an answer to that yet. We're still in the process of, of talking and communicating and seeing, uh, going through possible solutions on how we can rewrite the business plan and how this affects our whole planning in general. Yeah. So this is where we're at right now. And, and so you're, you're, Basically, one of your founding partners has left. <laughs> yes, before we even found it. <laughs> Much better before than during, believe me. Yes, for sure, for sure. This is what we also said. I mean, it's um, this is really this whole year is supposed to be the trial phase, right? As I said last time, um, we took this year to all look not just with each other if it works out, but also to look personally. Um, how much can we give to this project? How much do we want to give to this project? Um, and yeah, as you said, Cliffy, I'm happy for him on a personal level, of course, um, that he figured out, okay, this is actually not what I want to do. Um, and, and instead I want to do something different, but I, he knows now what he wants to do. Yeah. Uh, so it's good for him. Um, but of course, for the bit from the business perspective, it's, uh, uh, it's a big issue, and I hope I can get some some advice from Cliffy on that, uh, how to handle such a situation as well. Okay. Well, maybe let's let's jump then to the to the next segment of the show. So, what what are you doing right now? Uh, and then we and then you can ask Cliffy some questions about maybe what's yeah. what's what's the 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 best course of action here. Yeah. No, so um, as I said, like we just had another conversation uh, two days ago between the three of us on on how to proceed and what the different expectations are around the table. Um, and I think the the plan of action now is to, um, for me at least, I, I still want to go to the bank and and see if in theory I could also found this myself, and or with uh, my second co-founder. Mm -hmm. um, so that would mean that we uh, would have to go back to the business plan, rewrite it for two or even for one person, and uh, look at the finance plan again, rewrite that one, and then go to the bank and, and have that conversation that we wanted to have last month already. Before going to the bank, have you ever thought about having a mentor, somebody who already knows um, the typical financial uh, difficulties that you have at the very beginning of the startup, and especially um, somebody who knows also the, the grant supports, because you know you have regional development agencies, for example, all over Europe in each country, yeah. where there are 
experts that are used to read uh, uh, a business plan or make questions and help you before you go exactly to the financial institution that you choose. Yeah. Uh, because um, this is, you know, yes, like a, um, a, a test, a risk test, which is very important. Unfortunately, usually financial institutions, especially traditional banks, it depends where you will go, but traditional, let's say, uh, traditional banks, they are not all the time ready to be also consultant, and they have specific priorities in their uh, return on investment and expectation and calculation of indicators that you cannot and know and control. But if you go through um, a, a test with two, two types of different, I mean, I have in mind now two types of different persons or organizations that could help. Uh, if you can find, I'm sure, around in your environment, town, and so on. Um, usually, I know very well that startup entrepreneurs, they are very much scared to share the business formula, the yeah. business idea, because uh, usually they think, okay, somebody will uh, steal it or copycat or what. They, yeah. they are a little bit, yeah. Yeah. But uh, this institution, of course, you can always find a not honest person, but usually they have a duty about privacy of information. And they have some type of, let's say, code of conduct that they have to follow. Yeah. No, this is a very good suggestion. We have actually not thought about uh, about getting a mentor for for the finance. So, Florian, a very good suggestion. Yeah. So, yeah, that's like a lot of expertise already right there. Yeah. <laughs> she suggested mentorship, and then not being afraid to share your your kind of business formula for fear of um, it being stolen or something. Trying to be more open and transparent. So, those are yeah. those are two suggestions. You did go to the kind of the local chamber of commerce, I remember, right? Didn't you do that? Yes, we did. We did do that. We did go to the chamber of commerce to get feedback on our business plan. Um, we did do that twice, um, but it it wasn't focused on on finance. It was more focused on the viability of the actual idea. Yes, I can understand, but finance means somehow to reflect in a specific scheme paradigma. What you want to do, how it will, your expectation, your cash flow, and make all your calculations to understand how much seed capital you have, and so on. You know very well. Yeah. The perspective, yeah. the perspective of because you were talking about going to the bank and bring the business plan and try to ask for the first financial. I, I'm sure you will not ask for. All the amount you need. I mean, if you calculate the seed capital, maybe the bank will be able to give you one third, and or half. Maybe it depends how yeah. much they consider rentable or sustainable, financially sustainable your business. But uh, again, the language is so specific, so particular that having a conversation with somebody who can give you some advice, huh? it's much better. Nice. This already, already touches on one of the questions I wanted to ask you anyway. Um, Michael, is it okay if I just yeah. shoot, shoot ahead? And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah Cliff, I wanted to ask you. So with, uh, I mean, your CV is full of experience, as we heard, with, with entrepreneurship and local capacity building and You've uh, probably seen a lot of uh, people go through this whole process that I'm in at the moment. Um, in your experience, like what role does finance play in founding a company? Like, um, not just the, the the business finance, like the um, as you said, like the seed capital, but also the uh, private income of someone during the founding process. Uh, yeah, you you need a scheme somehow to follow. It's always one third, one third, one third. <laughs> this is something maybe you will never read in a, a big financial <laughs> uh, book or finance uh, for business. But I have learned, I was myself also in 
an entrepreneur. I had a consultancy company for 10 years. I had a rural hotel owner and manager for five years. So I know about, you know, uh, what is the hot line when you are at the end of the month or at the beginning of the month trying to honor all your uh, providers, suppliers, clients, employers, and so on. So why I say one thing? Rent and everything else. <laughs> it means one third can come from the bank. But even if they want to give you more, don't do it. One third is your personal money. I mean, the founder has to put at least one third. And one third can be, uh, let's say, non-institutional financial means. I think, for example, about family support, if any, or a little bit of... Now they, they think about crowdfunding, which is something different, because what was my experience in the past, now it's called crowdfunding, what, what you, when you open to other shareholders that are not strictly connected to the business, but they want to support it, huh? Yeah. But, yeah, it, it can be something similar, it was not existing, as I tell you, in the past. Now it's something in the last five years, exploding somehow for any type of, not only business, but also initiatives in the non-for-profit sector or many others. Um, so it depends very much also on the specific um, sector business where you want to work. Uh, yeah. Well, for us, that would be the, the travel industry. It would be to, to organize trips around the world and to um, make it the best experience possible for customers. And you've mm -hmm. been in and out of the travel industry, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, this is again something changing a lot and you will need to understand what is your priority market, not for destination, because I understand you want to go all around everywhere in the world for your uh, clients and customers but and the second point is you know when you you are an intermediate body somehow you are buying something that is produced somewhere which is not near your place isn't it the people will use services and um, facilities that are somewhere far away exactly quality control of what will be your supplier or, or, or co-partner because at that point they are somehow like co-partners for you because they are so important for the satisfaction of your client. It's one of the critical points in your business, isn't it? Yeah, yeah because they are the ones that uh, in are, are going to be the ones that are, will deliver the service to the customers, for sure. So the um, there is important. Yeah, satisfaction of your client is not only when they buy online or in any way you want, but everything is produced far away, everything is delivered far away, and all the pieces of this very important puzzles, puzzle are somewhere that it's not where you are. So uh, this is a very uh, less sensible point, I mean, in, in your sector. Of course, there are regulations, you know, very well, you are like an online tour operator or something like that, where you make it target personalized for each client. But uh, the client looks at you as a relevant interme intermediate for the quality they have when they use the service. And this is yeah. one of the most difficult parts in your business, I think. Wow, that is really good advice. I'm just taking notes over here. Like, yeah, yeah <laughs> you're, this, is, this is incredible knowledge. So the, the one-third, one-third, one-third rule, which you will not read in any textbook. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so the, 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 the hot part is how you get the, some type of insurance or, or safety net 
if the service provider is not obeying the commitment or the agreement and if the quality is not at the level you expect. So it's, this is one thing that it's contractual. Uh, so you need here also some type of support and mentoring, which is far away from finance, I understand. But then who will uh, make sure that uh, the client is not asking to you to be refunded or what? Or starting to, yeah, to see what I mean. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, this is uh, it's going to be the key. Like if um, in the unusual case that we can't deliver on the quality that we promised, of course, the customer will be dissatisfied and will ask for a refund. And um, do you have any advice on that? Like how to build such a safety net? Normal travel business, there are um, obligations for the tour operators to have insurances that are quite expensive by the way so for example in your financial plan you have to include this is absolutely as a fixed cost because you have to be protected yeah. and, uh, so this is very important i guess you already included it in your expenses but it's really very important and um, uh, the other point is related to uh, let's say to understand the, the value the chain value. Where is coming the value? Um, because you are a intermediate somehow, if I can yeah. use this. So, uh, of course, you will try to squeeze <laughs> in the lowest way the price you are paying to the other service providers uh, because uh, this is how your profit is coming up. But um, it depends also, of course, you will, you have already thought about which are this, the, 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 let's call it segment of the market that you want to serve. Yeah. Uh, are we thinking about backpack travelers or are we thinking about, I don't know, wedding, wedding couple that they will do a very beautiful travel only once in their life, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly saturated market, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so, no, we actually we're thinking about people um, that are wanting to change something in their lives, like, uh, and that can be uh, anyone from from millennials to uh, yeah. my parents' generation to to older people as well. Um, anyone that's looking to break out of their comfort zone um, and to experience something new and to get a new or to find to to get the courage to try something new in their life. Um, so we're essentially aspiring to inspire others. Um, that's the goal, at least. You're, you're, when you talked last time, you were talking about delivering that uh, new local experience that you get from being embedded and living in another country, but in a shorter amount of time. Exactly. So essentially, the um, like I, what I did is I traveled uh, in in a couple different countries um, in hostels and um, had the most life changing conversations there with strangers that I've never saw again the na next day. Um, and since then, I haven't seen them either. So we want to take these um, inspiring conversations and these meaningful encounters and put them in a on a ten day trip. Um, to make it affordable then for for everyone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, I understand what you mean. Of course, uh, it means like in the middle between transformation and revitalization, and let's say somehow adrenaline. Networking, I guess, as well, like just meeting other people. Yeah, I understand. Okay, so you uh, already plan, I guess, or, or design, uh, which are the competencies that you need inside, inside an internal, that you cannot outsource, because they are strategic for you. This is one point that you have exactly to explain very well to the financial institution. Because, you know, we are, think, we are speaking not about uh, producing something hard, of course, there will be services you buy uh, travel, this is partially, you need an airplane, so it's partially hard. Yeah. But you are yeah. selling and buying from your 
subcontractor or, or supplier, you are selling and buying something invisible. Uh, when we say having an experience, it's everything about uh, something you, you don't touch, it's about perception, it's about emotions, it's about uh, understanding and telling a story about what is going on to you, to the client, I mean, when you are traveling for these three or four reasons we have listed. It means transformation, revitalization, adrenaline, something out of the comfort zone. So all this yeah. has an impact on the financial because you know they they don't they don't understand very well all these emotional things. They use very fixed parameters. So you have really to um, um, transfer all this in uh, credible, how can I say, something you can, uh, they can believe in, um, very uh, carefully, careful not, not to uh, overestimate. This is another point, because uh, for maybe the, it was what Parkinson rule or law, when if something can go Brown, it will. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you already did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you about that. So you said you found your own companies already. Um, how yes. did you solve the financial um, issue? Like, how did you get the capital to to start these companies? And um, yeah. what did you learn from that? You know, in the case of uh, services, consultancy services, you need time to become a little bit known and you need that people start to speak very well about you and say, oh, mm. I have a very good advisor, I will recommend it to you. So the financial part is mainly about self-sustainment <laughs> self and few people that are around you. So it's yeah. not about uh, hard investment or, or so. And uh, what I did is to use a lot new financial opportunities because uh, if you prepare a good project, a good idea, uh, blah, 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 and you ask for funds and you are good in explaining what you want to do, um, you receive a grant. And always I have worked half and half, half for public, in, I mean community purposes, for the, with, with the support of grants that are coming from you, half for private. Because the two, let's call it cycles, financial cycles, when you get the money, when you, when you make your expenses, are somehow balanced in a way that you are never uh, in the red zone, <laughs> if I can use this expression. So, <laughs> you understand what I mean? So, if it, the point is here, for example, with your idea, you could also do, do something which is for the community, I mean, with, with some payment, of course, but educational. For example, entering in the networks where you can prepare summer camps or adrenaline camps for small groups of, of children, specific, you know, the concept of comfort zone that you are expressing now to us is, again, a very flexible concept. Because yeah. what is comfort zone, maybe it's for another person already adrenaline, already risk. Yep. So you have to identify if in the community there is a need to learn to take risks. Who are these potential beneficiaries uh, for this education? For example, I make an example just to let me a little bit express myself here. Yeah, Think about people with disabilities. You know that in Europe, 28 member states until now, maybe 27 soon, there are around 35 million people with disability that would like to find um, opportunities to travel out of their comfort zone, sorry for it, yeah, just to express, and they don't find applicants uh, offered. And they travel always in two or three at least, or at least two, because they have an accompanied person. And yeah. so this is a, a, a niche, of course, maybe. But when you, the, the point is the concept that you want to 
articulates, and you have to, to adapt this concept to different type of persons, segments, potential clients, which you have in mind now your generation, because you are young, you are thinking about millennials, but you, you also have in mind people who is just uh, tired to be in, in his, her comfort zone, and you want to offer something. Yeah. So uh, my suggestion is uh, one third, one third, one third. My suggestion is uh, try not to overestimate. And my suggestion is uh, try to um, be cool, cold even in the relation with the finance because they are so. They want just to see one plus one. And, uh, unless you are not going to to really a philanthrope or a very special type of venture capital company, very special type, because you know your your service is everything can be innovation, but it's just emotion. Because in the scheme, in the business scheme, it is quite simple. You are putting together. Uh, like assembling, how can I say, uh, different type of services provided by different type of uh, companies and the transport is that, and you are offering an experience to a final user. Uh, this is already existing everywhere. So what is the difference? What is your uh, specific capacity that is different? You can say we bring you out of your comfort zone. But if you Google adrenaline travel, you will find, I don't know how many million of offers that are called adrenaline travel. Yeah. So the concept is existing. So you have just to match this concept in a new way with maybe all the new type of clients. This is why I told you about the example of these people with disabilities. Yeah. Uh, just to let you understand you know, how uh, the, the, the difference is to think about out of the comfort zone for some people or for other people. And you will be not sure that all the service providers you need are uh, ready for all type of clients. So it is a, a huge job to select one by one all the pieces of your puzzle. Mm. So just to reiterate, like to summarize quickly, so you, you talked about the importance of partnerships, um, the importance of knowing your customer and for me as well, like to, to just really know, okay, what is their comfort zone? How is that de to be defined and how does it differ from my own? Um, and then to, to bring that together really, right? Yes. Oh, wow. Thank you for that. <laughs> if, if you weren't expecting a business podcast, you got one today. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we... Yes, the other point is um, mix your sources in the sense that you can use some of your good ideas for projects which are, uh, how can I say, in the direction of corporate social responsibility, uh, mm -hmm. so for the community. Because there you can find also public funding, which are usually grant schemes, something in the middle between, uh, I want, I don't want to use philanthropy, I prefer to say social responsibility. And the other is what is totally private. I mean, this, me, I would like to, uh, I'm not a good client for you because I'm already used, I traveled all India by my own, I'm living in ashram for two months, I traveled Africa, so I'm not. Yeah, you lived everywhere. <laughs> lived on an ashram, went to Africa, yeah. <laughs> where, where is your comfort zone? Uh, <laughs> where is? What is your comfort Where's zone? Where's your comfort zone? <laughs> yeah, where would you be uncomfortable? Ah, uncomfortable. Oh, maybe not cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's for all of us, that's for sure. <laughs> maybe we can offer a trip to the North Pole then, and then you're invited. <laughs> A proposal, by the way, to go in, in a motorbike, and uh, of course I will, will not sit in the motorbike, but in this sidecar to visit North Pole, uh, you know, this place where you go there and say, this is the North Pole place, yep. Capo, Capo Nord, <laughs> North Cap. <laughs>
Oh, wow. This was really good advice for me already. I'm, if you allow me, I just want to take five minutes to um, zoom out a little bit and, and make it uh, more applicable um, to people listening because I feel like uh, we had a couple of listeners last time already who yeah. have an idea mm -hmm. about a business. They, they are planning to um, or they're, they're thinking about founding it, uh, similar to what we're doing at the moment. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you, Clofe, um, with all your experience, is there like one most important tip that you could give to an upcoming entrepreneur, someone who's thinking about um, turning their idea into reality? Somehow, how can I say, you have to be ready about being a little bit maniac. <laughs> maniac in the sense that you need to be very careful about details. And it was a bit philosophy of Michel de Foucault, who wrote, God is in the tales, but he wanted to say, highest quality is in the tales. Sometimes we go a little bit, you know, at the beginning you start, uh, thinking about your business idea or uh, expectation and blah. Like, you know, you go with the airplane very high, then you take a very small two-place airplane, then you take a jeep and you go in the savannah. So, but details are very important. Um, the other is somehow you need to um, talk to people who has knowledge about what you want to do and who was not successful. Uh, this is something uncomfortable for us to speak in general with people who was not successful. We want always to be near people who is absolutely uh, the best in the field for this and that. Uh, but I think that um, maybe emotionally can be difficult. We need to talk to people who did it wrong. <laughs> to find them oh yes it's not easy i can understand the other is if somebody don't accept your funding the first time you need to uh, ask for knowing exactly what was wrong so to oh. seek out the failures of others in order to learn from them mm -hmm. Uh, because success stories, they are always a little bit uh, storytelling um, tales. Uh, unsuccessful stories, they are a little bit, of course, painful, but usually you have more details from them than from the successful one. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to hear Michel Foucault this morning. But <laughs> 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 I'm here my dear, so... Yeah. Philosophy is important for us. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Uh, um, and then my last question um, for uh, do you have a, like a book recommendation or something uh, for the people who are listening who are thinking about starting their own business? Uh, yes. Uh, to go in details. <laughs> this is again, sorry, what I wanted to tell you. Also, of course. You can have a lot of orientation, orienteering uh, program in Europe at least. I don't know so good, sorry, United States situation, but in Europe, each country, since many, many years, at least 25, 30 years, has set up a, a youth or entrepreneurship support schemes that are working very well. Uh, they are based on uh, service, in kind, let's say, services which are mostly free, not only the Chamber of Commerce, but a development agency, uh, employer association. Uh, it is the, the differently organized, even public services from the uh, from in each country. But it is for innovation fields, camps, or we call it parks, innovation parks. So you find a lot of people there around. So unfortunately, this first phase is a little bit to go 360 degrees and uh, try to uh, to identify some tracks, let's say, where you want to go, depending on the business you want to start. The second is to be absolutely realistic and pragmatic about the fact that we have some dreams. Ah, oh, the entrepreneur is a free person, 
is he or she they are working on day with. No, it's 7.24, 7.24, because you have already put on yourself your own permanent education, because you need to learn uh, or to be so curious that you are looking around, searching for new ideas, grabbing here and there. So 7.24. Uh, so I think um, it's a beautiful, uh, challenging, yeah. and really evolving life. I mean, you 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 always go on and think and find. Uh, but of course, um, the other point is who is your companion in this work? That you are boy. I mean, uh, doesn't matter. You told us at the very beginning you lost one of the partners and yeah. what is what was his or her um, specific skill what was the competence he or she I don't know was bringing in the business this is very difficult because sometimes we are going to put us together because of good friendship good uh, emotional and you know sympathetic but we need skills, and not everybody can be able to do everything. So you have to combine uh, your um, characteristics and your specific skills and competencies. And when you look now for, is there a hole? <laughs> do you have a hole now in the picture without this partner? Yeah, the, uh, not, I, I wanted to ask you that too, Florian. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I think his specialty really was uh, the marketing side of things. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not sure if we can already identify a hole there because we haven't started yet, right? It's all mm -hmm. still in our heads. Um, so, And we haven't properly um, divided the core competencies yet because we haven't, uh, we haven't got the finance part done yet. No, you have to make this exercise before you go to bank. You have to make this exercise because one of the good points in the business plan is when you list, uh, Florian will do blah, 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 and the other business and the other business, that, that. Um, because we have these uh, attitudes and competences, and we think that these are critical for our survival, development, and success. You have to think about it now that you are designing um, all the whole system, let's say. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, I'm Florian. My note sheet is full. Thank you, Clefe. Yeah, give your time, <laughs> the time to process that. Just to go back to the previous For point, sure. in the United States, um, there are uh, youth entrepreneurial schemes, we have them. They are not centrally funded by the federal government for the most part, so they are dependent on where you live and um, what industry that you work in, but they do have them in the United States. And also, depending on the scale of what will be the uh, optimus in Latin sites for your business, I mean, Sometimes, you know, we don't think about the scale, but um, you will not be able in some type of sectors to have a profit if you are not in a such and such scale. Uh, so it depends. Mm -hmm. All right, Florian, have, have you got enough advice? Have you been inundated? Have you had time? Yes, to definitely. Okay, are definitely. This was, this was uh, very valuable. Okay. Um, a lot of points to to consider and to reconsider. Um, so yeah, th thank you, Clefe. Just that's all I can say. Like this was very insightful yeah. and very valuable to me and to us. Yeah, I I learned very very much myself. Uh, Florian. What's your next step? What are you going to be doing for the next month and a half or two months? Well, first of all, I'm going to um, re-listen to this podcast myself to <laughs> properly understand everything that Clove said and try to incorporate that. And then um, 
I think that my goal for until next time is, uh, first of all, of course, to get my private finance under control. Um, since we're all, uh, like my both uh, my friends and I, we're all running out of money at the moment, yeah. out of uh, private funding. Um, and then yes, to um, rewrite the business plan um, and um, look for more funding options uh, besides the bank after the, talking to Klokke now. Um, and then have some have a proper plan on, on how to get this party started, like how to fund this uh, company. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything you want me and the listeners in particular to hold you accountable for? Are you are you hiring an accountant now or? <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, first, we need to uh, get the money to hire anyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are you looking for uh, an accounting? Uh, volunteer <laughs> yes no this is a good idea actually if anyone um, listening to this uh, wants to pitch in or has some knowledge that that we don't have or um, can fill in the marketing position and uh, please hit me up uh, you never know we'll, we'll put your we'll put your contact info in the episode description in case we we have any takers on that yes that'd be amazing <laughs> I have a last observation, just uh, maybe because I'm reading and studying and acting in social inclusion fields. Uh, the intergenerational problem, I mean, or opportunity. Um, due to different uh, welfare systems, pension schemes, blah, 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 uh, there is people now that is uh, choosing to go to retirement when they are still active. I mean, intellectually active with that. And they are resources. And because of so distant number of years between you as a young entrepreneur and this person, mm -hmm. we don't have to take with resources because they are volunteering. They don't want to, to go home. For example, we have, uh, I, I make you an example about Italy, uh, managers who retired. They have a big national and regional also location association where they support the mentor. They are advising. They are also part-time uh, volunteering and doing jobs for startup young people. I don't know if you have this in your country, but I'm sure it's something well known in uh, European member states. We have even in health uh, sector. Doctor veterans and they have uh, established for supporting uh, vulnerable people uh, in health uh, support, uh, medical treatment, blah blah blah. So intergenerational support with people who has a lot of experience. Maybe they are not put in digital as you are, or <laughs> they are not so. But yeah. having a conversation yeah. uh, time by time with this person is. They have the knowledge for sure, though. Knowledge and also the long story, you know. They have seen many other mm -hmm. things that we taught to you, and you can easily uh, transfer this concept in other fields or in your condition, your environment. This will be up to you. Wow. Uh, that's a really good last tip. I'm just, uh, while you said that, I'm just thinking you've mentioned so many different resources and uh, you're so knowledgeable on all this. Um, would it maybe be possible to just send uh, us a quick link of yeah. um, possible support programs for um, entrepreneurs in Europe? Just what you can come up with out of the top of the head, and then we can put it in the description of the podcast. Yeah. Yes, of course. We will send it to you. What are you by email? Some connection to link site. For example, there are portals uh, supported and paid by EU which are also, um, there is a list also by, by country, but it is general. Yeah. And there are, yeah, I will send you some links and then you know how it is. You start with this link and then you go on and look at what you are looking for. Of yeah. course. Well, all right. We will put, great. We will put all the links in the episode description. Also, if you have titles of books, uh, reading journal articles, I will put those in the episode description as well. Okay, thank you. Okay, good to uh, There is, I'm, I'm, I'm now here uh, because I, I was prepared to 
tell you something about all this this part. Um, there is a very nice portal which is called Startup Europe Club. Startup and it's Europe Club. Startup Europe Club. It's managed by the by the EU and supported with EU money. And this is the start where you can start to search for funding opportunities. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. Wow, that's useful. <laughs> that's that's easy. StartupEuropeClub.com. <laughs> it's dot okay. uh, eu actually. I'm just I'm checking it out right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. com actually oh. was there too. It redirected. <laughs> Uh, there are different rules, of course, in each country because there is some flexibility for the member states how they use these funds. So you need to understand which is your national contact point. Um, usually the public authorities, or uh, in the case of German lender, they can assign uh, with, the, with the bidding procedure even to uh, association, employer association, development agencies or business development centers, they pass, but there is always a national contact point that is in charge for um, uh, somehow orienting the people to the different type of tracks yeah. for the uh, funding opportunities from you. Well, I want to All thank right. you both so much for being here. Thank you, Khalifa. Thank you, Florian. I, I I learned an extensive amount. I'm sure that our listeners did. Um, I, I, I will put Florian's contact information in the episode description, but uh, Khalifa, if people want to contact you, should should they look for you someplace in particular? Uh, the best is Gmail. Gmail. <laughs> Gmail. Okay. I'll, I'll contact me. I'll, I'll, I'll be her screener, but if you have questions, I'll make sure um, to, to pass them along. Um, all the all the descriptions for the for the site links and for the readings will be in the episode description. Um, and just as a special shout out, even if you don't want to go work for Florian or with Florian or you can't, um, if you've started up your own business, please reach out to me and let me know. I'm interested in sharing it with the rest of the ISEP Alumni Foundation. Once again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day. Hey.